1: So we have been working through emotions. How many figured out that you have some emotions? How many of your emotions you're like, I want to put them back? So I wanted to go through, you know, Jesus when he was here, he was he experienced all the emotions that we do. But he didn't stay there and he didn't go to sin. It says he was without sin. So you know, you look at Matthew chapter 27. 46. And it's talking, you know, he's up on the cross, and it says, About three o'clock, Jesus called out with a l- loud voice, Eli, Eli, Lama, Sabbatheni, which means, My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? I think in that moment Jesus had experienced a little bit of loneliness or separation. I mean, think about it. He and the Father were one in essence, yeah. the Trinity, right? They were one. And for the first time in all of his life, as the sin of the world and the judgment of the world was poured out on Christ for us, he was separated from the Father. He experienced a little bit of loneliness in that moment, I think. And in Hebrews chapter 4, loneliness is, is our topic for today. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of grace, and there we will receive His mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. So I want you to have an understanding. We read it a little bit earlier. Pastor Larry was talking about, He's never going to leave us, never going to forsake us. You're never going to be alone, okay? With Christ, you're never alone. Now, loneliness, simplest form, it's sadness associated with the lack of companionship. If you get into more complex definitions, it has more to do with, you're not getting the social interaction that you desire or need. So the interaction that you have is less than the interaction that you require. They're they're talking about loneliness that way. But really, there's two parts that I want to kind of highlight for today's conversation. Can everyone say two parts? So the first part that we want to talk about is that lack of feeling connected to others. Sometimes you, you lack that connection with other people. And the second part of loneliness is this isolation where we feel isolated. And you know, people can even feel isolated in the midst of a group or in the midst of a crowd. Now, I just wanna clarify, solitude is not isolation because solitude is something that we do on purpose. I mean, some of you like to be alone because in those moments, that's where we, we meditate, we refresh we recharge, right? So, solitude is not isolation. It's something that we do by design for rest or for meditation, okay? I'm not talking about solitude. Now, some of you may have gone through maybe a divorce or the breakup of a relationship, or maybe you've lost a loved one. Death is the common lot of all men. We're all going to die one day. We're all going to experience some death, And I don't want to get too much into grief this morning, maybe we'll talk about that another time, but often when that happens, there's such a tearing or such a separation that we feel very lonely because that relationship that was so important to us is no longer present. I want you to understand something foundationally that loneliness, depending on the study that you read, it can increase your chance of an early death by anywhere from 14 to 26 percent. In fact, it has more of an effect on people than even things like heart disease. In Genesis chapter 2, I want to show you something in, in the Word of God this morning. I'm going to start in verse 18. I'll read through maybe to 24. The Lord God said, it's not good for man to be alone, and all the men said amen. I will make a helper who's just right for him. So the Lord God formed from the ground all the wild animals and all the birds of the sky, and he brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And the man chose a name for each one. And he gave names to all the livestock, all the birds of the sky, and all the wild animals, but still there was no helper just right for him. So the animals and the birds weren't going to be good companions for man. So the Lord God calls the, caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. While the man slept, the Lord God took out one of the man's ribs and closed out the opening. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib, and He brought her to man. At last, the man exclaimed, this is bone of my bone and flesh from my flesh. She will be called woman, for she was taken from a man. And this explains why a man leaves his father and mothers joined to his wife. The two are united into one in the very beginning when we were made in the image of God, we were made for relationship. You were created for relationship. You were not created to be isolated and alone. You were created to be in relationship. First and foremost, our relationship with Christ. I'll try to get to that as we go through the message. But also in relationship with each other. And the ultimate reflection of that is when a man and a woman come together in the marriage covenant, and they become complete as one unit that represents our relationship with Christ, which is why I think that the culture is attacking the marriage covenant so heavily, because it's attacking the image of God and His people. If you go to 1 Corinthians 12, I'm not gonna read the whole chapter, but it talks about being parts of the body of Christ, and all of us together are what? The body of Christ. And each of you is a necessary part. That means that you were created for community. Can everyone say community? See, God puts you here on earth to be a member of community. You were designed to be a part of a group of people that have that common expression of faith here, at least at Windsor Christian Fellowship. God puts you here on earth to be in relationship. He puts you here to be a part of community. So, the whole isolation is not something that you were designed for, which is probably why people don't do so good when they get isolated. In Acts 2, 42, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to… That next word is what? Fellowship. Fellowship sounds like community. Have you ever had a fellowship with no one? (laughs) What are you doing? Oh, I'm having some fellowship with who? Myself. That's not fellowship. Sounds more like a pity party. And sharing in meals. How do you share meals with no one else? And you got to know me. I don't like to share my food. Once it's on my plate, it's mine. Don't touch it. But if you're going to share food, you do that in community. So I like solitude while I eat. (laughs) But it says, including the Lord's Supper and a prayer. You were made for community. And in the culture today, it seems like there's this false view of Christianity. Because what they want you to believe is that being a part of community simply means attending church once a week, or once every other week, or once every third week, or once a month, or on Christmas and Easter. But I think they're missing the whole point. Because biblically, I see where they did life together. And you don't do life together once a year. You do life together day in, day out day by day we do life together and one of the things you see pastor brian and sherry are talking about with these connection opportunities is we want you to know that there's lots of community here for you to be able to connect to if you so desire to do so there's lots of community here if you want to be a part of community you can be a part of community but it means more than just maybe showing up walking in five minutes late and leaving ten minutes early That's not really being a part of community because there's no interaction. There's no relationship. And while I'm super glad that you came, I want to challenge you to take a step of faith to maybe show up a few minutes early and start talking to some people, or hang out for a few minutes afterwards and start talking to some people. Maybe even people that you don't know or haven't met. How many say that's outside my comfort zone? (laughs) It may be, but that's okay step out of your shell we were made for community we were made for relationship it's a great way to stretch yourself in your faith start talking to random people ask my wife she leaves me anywhere for five minutes and i come up with five friends she'll be shopping in a store and i'll just i'm gonna go sit on the bench and she'll come out and say who's that i don't know i just started talking to him lady named irene she said the most effective way to reduce loneliness is to make people feel more connected to their community. Mother Teresa said this, the greatest disease in the West today is not TB or leprosy, it's being unwanted, unloved, and uncared for. We can cure physical disease with medicine, but the only cure for loneliness, despair, and hopelessness is love. There are many in the world who are dying for a piece of bread, but there are many more dying for a little love. The poverty in the West is a different kind of poverty. It's not only a poverty of loneliness, but of spirituality. There's a hunger for love as there's a hunger for God." She actually nailed it, because there's a lot of people in the culture that are very lonely. In fact, they say up to 40% of people experience loneliness, some more than others. It's about 20% that experience on a regular basis. Do I need to have 20% of you stand up again? Uh, Let's do it. Can I have two people per row stand up? In every row, have two people stand up. Few more in the center there. Yep, okay, look around. This is about how many people in the room are currently lonely by statistics, not the one standing necessarily, or maybe you are, but you're not alone. Okay, you guys can sit down, thank you. Does that give you a visual of how many people struggle with this? And in our lifetime, about 40% of the people in the room will feel lonely. You know, they developed this from Augustine they say uh, Blaise Pascal, after he gave his life to Christ, he, he had this collection called – I can't even say it – the Pensées, a, a, a group of thoughts, I think, and ideas that he had. But he, he made this statement, what is it, then, that the desire and this inability proclaim to us? But there, there was once man, a true happiness, of which there now remained to him only the mark and empty trace which he in vain tries to fill from all his surroundings, seeking from things absent the help he does not obtain in things present. But these are all inadequate, because the infinite abyss can only be filled by an infinite immutable object, that is to say, only by God Himself. And he goes on, and he kind of explains that how man's opposed to God, really that's the only thing that can complete man. And see, I believe that they took this from the Apostle Paul's writing when he was preaching in Acts 17. Any of you that have been here on Wednesday night, you've been working through the book of Acts with us? None of you have been here on Wednesday nights? (laughs) But when Paul in Acts 17, he was walking through the city and all of a sudden he determined that they had this idol made to an unknown God and Paul started declaring to them who the unknown God was because he desired that man would go seek him. Mankind is looking for God even though they don't know it. And then the, the poets, everyone say the poets, the creatives, they came up with a concept where there's a God-shaped hole in all of us. They get that, I think, from Paul's writings or maybe from Augustine or maybe from Pascal. But as we develop that, essentially there's a need in your life for God and without Him you will always remain empty because no person or no thing or no amount of money or goods or product or food will ever replace the relationship you have with your Creator. So we have this concept that we need the Creator. That leads me to this. How do we walk out of loneliness? We don't have to stay there. We don't have to remain lonely. The first thing that we would suggest to you, and we've suggested this many times in the last few months, you need to focus on others. Can everyone say others? We serve others for their benefit. But as you serve others, you're going to find something. You're not so lonely. You're not so lonely. Because you're serving with people and you're serving other people. We use the gifts, talents, and abilities that God has given us to be a blessing to others. Hebrews 6.10, for God is not unjust. He will not forget how hard you've worked for Him and how you've shown your love to Him by caring for other believers as you still do. So, there's an element where we have to care for others. This is part of the Christian life. This is the part where we do life together. When we're doing life together, loneliness will go away. I want to say this. Your emotions, every emotion actually, but it's subject to your will. See, Christ kept his emotions in check without sinning. If he could do it, we can do it. Because the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives within us. His spirit's within us, so we have the ability to keep our emotions in check. You crucified the old man at water baptism remember that day you went in the tank you laid down the old guy he's dead now Romans 12 2 1 and 2 and so dear brothers and sisters I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you let them be a living and holy sacrifice the kind he will find acceptable This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. You will find that your emotions are often a good indicator that there's some need inside of your life. A lot of times, if you're angry or afraid, or if there's something that it's pointing to as a need inside of your life that needs to be Addressed. Watchman knee He talks about emotions. Surrender to the cross became indicators of the divine life. What a fantastic author that guy is, Watchman knee If you can get any of his books, I highly recommend it. He had some really under, good understanding of spiritual authority. He had some good understanding of mankind but realistically, if we can take our emotions and surrender them to Christ, it's a good reflection to the world that we're living this Christian life that he's called us to live. Because really, what differentiates us from the world system that we live in? How we navigate the challenges that come to us in life. How we respond in adverse circumstances. How we operate in love when other people don't respond in love how we're not selfish, but we give to others. Aren't these all attributes of the Christian life? Or do we just attend here on Sunday morning to hear nice little messages and see fantastic dances? You see, the word of God has to go into our heart and transform us from the inside out. And as it changes us, something something happens where we start living differently than everyone else does. Here's one, walking out of loneliness. Volunteer. Church has many opportunities to volunteer and serve others. But you know what? You can even go outside of the church. In the community, there's many opportunities to volunteer and serve others. Use the gifts God has given you. Be a blessing to others. Do you know how many lonely people are out there that could use a visit? I mean, be honest, how many of you have actually spoken to your neighbor in the last week? I don't want to know. How many even don't even know your neighbor's names? I almost know everyone on my whole street already. About 10. <laughs> <laughs> But on my other street, there was about 30 and I knew most of the people on my street. (laughs) Have you considered visiting someone that's shut in and not able to get out? You know, there's a lot of people that are elderly and they're lonely. They might get a visit once a week from a family member, but there's others. They can go and spend time with them. If you're lonely, why not go visit some other people that are lonely? Or how about this one? I've talked to two families in the last three weeks. And, And it's creating massive amounts of loneliness and struggle in their lives because there's a condition called Alzheimer's or dementia. And they may be alive, but they're no longer engaged to the same degree. And you have spouses and children that are living very lonely lives and, and caregivers become often, you know, so lonely in the caregiving that they lose their connection to community. But we are the church. We're the ones that operate in love. We're the ones that should be reaching out to extend a helping hand. We're the ones that should be out there ministering to those that are lonely. Well, I don't know, Pastor RJ. I'm about ready to start binge watching my next series on Netflix. I don't know. I really like my sports, I like sports too. But there's no way in the world that sports should become more important in my life than people. And there's no way that my favorite TV show should come important in the way of more important things. We have many community events here for you to connect to. Join a group. We have youth group. We have young adults group. You know, we have mentor groups. We have prayer groups. We have services, we have classes. You know, there's multiple opportunities for community. We have this group called Off Your Rockers. If you're lonely, show up at a group. Okay, if you're 75, I I, I don't know that youth group is the best place for you to get connected. Or if you're 14, you might wanna stay away from Off Your Rockers. However, there's a group for you. And sometimes we just have to step out of ourselves and talk to people. Go introduce yourself. Just say hi. Just greet people. And maybe you go introduce yourself to someone and they walk away and say, that's nice. Go introduce yourself to someone else. I'm not the best candidate for that. You wanna know why? If I'm talking to Pastor Howie in the hallway and you come up and say hi to me, you might get a nod, but I'm not going to stop my conversation with him to have another conversation. I love you, but I can only talk to one person at a time and he was in line first. There's hundreds of other people around. Talk to people. Impart, share, encourage, build up. Here's one You wanna have friends? Start blessing people. In other words, if you can be a blessing to someone, you will have more friends than if you're always trying to take from someone. What do you mean? Bless others, buy them lunch. Give gifts. Don't be afraid to step out of your shell. Say kind words to people. And see, people can be lonely even in a crowd because they don't ever let down their guard and actually connect with people. They have very shallow conversation because they're afraid others might not like them or might reject them if they are who they think they are. Are you afraid to be you in a group? This is good, but many are. You know, I read it once when I was young. I'll never forget. Shyness is a very high form of pride. And a lot of shy people are lonely, but they're so afraid of what people think. They're so afraid that others might not like them or that others might reject them if they just are who they are. Just be us. Isn't that the whole concept, women, that you learned about on the weekend? Where, hey, as you, we become a community, and when we all come together in community, you know what? There's a place for everyone. But again, if you're always taking, or if you're always negative, if you're always the downer, people aren't going to be attracted to that. So let's change our perspective. Let's change our approach. Let's spin it positive. Let's say some nice things. If you don't got nothing nice to say, don't say nothing. But go find something to say that's nice. It's easy. Love your shoes. Sure. Pretty straightforward, pretty easy. Hey, did you get your haircut? I love your new haircut. Do you like mine? Listen. If you're really struggling with loneliness and you seem to not be able to shake it by trying some of these things, stepping out of yourself, focusing on others, volunteering, getting connected in a group, go talk to a counselor or get some help. Help. I want you to understand, in the body of Christ, if we're doing life together, that means that we do life outside of these four walls. That's why in community, there should be no lack. In the early church, Everyone had everything that they needed. Why did they have everything that they needed? Because they were a community. The ones that had more took care of the ones that had less. When they came to the meal, somebody could bring steak and somebody else could bring a can of beans. But at the end of the day, everybody brought what they could and they all shared what they had and there was always enough. But they did that daily. Everyone say daily? People say, oh, we got to go to the New Testament model of the church. I'm like, you can't even show up every week and you want to talk about being in the New Testament model of the church. Stand with me. When we come to communion or the Lord's Supper, this is a part of the service where we kind of do life together. But you know, you can do this every day. Every time you break bread, every time you come together at a meal, we can partake of the Lord's Supper why because we remember his death burial and resurrection till he comes
0: there is something that I like to do that's very simple very practical pastor RJ was saying give people gifts give instead of always taking and you know I love how God he is amazing at how he does things because the only way that we actually get is by giving. Amen? That is, you know, you know if you want to live, you got to die. Like, God does everything the opposite way the world thinks that we do things. So, but there's, it doesn't take a lot. It doesn't cost a lot. So, I work at the Catholic School Board, and I work at Catholic Central High School, and I work with a group of people. There's about 10 of us that teach in our department and one thing i like to learn about somebody that i see every day or i see often is what's your favorite drink do you like coffee do you like tea do you like iced coffee whatever it is that you like or your favorite treat or guilty pleasure whatever it is and every so often i will just go buy a coffee for somebody, whoever I feel like it, or a tea or whatever it is their drink was. And it cost me literally like $2 most of the time. Um, Sometimes if they want Starbucks, I got to save up a bit, you know, because it costs a little more for Starbucks. But when I walk in the door, most of the time, like the Holy Spirit knows, like put them on my heart that morning that, man, their face lights up and all I did was spend $2 and got them a coffee or a tea or whatever it was. And it made their day. And boy, you got on their good side really quick that morning. You, you know, you could have, you know, offended them, you know, five minutes later, but it didn't matter because you bought me coffee today, tea, whatever it was. And it doesn't take a lot. I know with my daughters a lot of times on those really, really hot days because iced coffees are a dollar right now, people at McDonald's. And I frequent Costco every week. I am there. And I've gotten to know some people, and we've been there going there for years. And every once in a while, I'll walk in with, like, five, six, seven, ten iced coffees. Cost me $10. And you would not believe the faces that light up when I go to the customer service desk. And there it's hot. They're in a warehouse. Hard to air condition that whole place. And I'm, bringing, I'm walking in with iced coffee. And they were like, oh, thank you. Much. you're so awesome you're so kind I can't believe it nobody ever does those things and I'm like wow man you got to hang around with other people like and all I did was bring them a coffee an iced coffee and their face just lit up and every time I see them now they they go out of their way and say hi Mary hi. and we can talk I've learned so much about some of them And we've had conversation, all because I just extended to them a drink. That's it. And it opened up a little door. It's just something simple that you can do. And then God is the one that does the rest, and he can move the mountain. Amen? But you took the first step. So, Heavenly Father, I thank you so much that we can come to you today. And even if, Lord God, we're struggling here, if anyone here is struggling with loneliness, Lord, in their heart, in their mind, in their body, Lord God, Lord, I thank you that we truly, truly are never alone. You are always with us and you are the one that sticks closer to us than anyone else. You never let go never and i thank you god that you are reaching out and ministering to those hearts right now and i thank you lord that for those of us lord who we know you and we have a healthy identity and a concept and an idea an understanding a revelation of who you are and that we have the ability the capacity to reach out and be friendly, that you would, that we would hear your voice, that we would be so sharp and sensitive to your spirit to know and to see it, to discern that spirit of loneliness, that heaviness on someone else, and reach out and say hello. To buy that coffee, that drink, to give that hug or that smile or to acknowledge even someone's presence, that they are not invisible, that they are seen, They're not just another face. They're your beautiful face made in your image that you created. So I thank you, God, for this fellowship, this connection of body of believers, that in the name of Jesus, there isn't one person here that has to feel that lingering loneliness, God, but that as they reach out, as they lift up their eyes, that a hand will be extended to them, in friendship and that together lord god you're brill- you're building that bond you're connecting that peace together lord jesus so today we receive your body that was broken for us that we might have fellowship with you that we don't have to be living this life feeling lonely because you are with us you died lord god so that you could give us fellowship with you eternal fellowship with you father so as we receive the bread lord i thank you for the brokenness of your body that brought wholeness to us
1: The cup represents the blood of Christ. And really, the blood is what makes us a part of the kingdom of God. Because the blood of Jesus is where we get forgiveness of our sins. Because of the blood, we can be part of his family, and a part of his community. So, Father, I thank you today that your nature is in us as Christians. Not only are we never alone, but your spirit directs us and leads us so that we can reach out to others that maybe feel alone or maybe are struggling or feeling isolated. Father, help us to be sensitive to your leading and to your guiding. Help us as we choose and as we purpose life together here in this place together a community of believers and there should be no lack amongst us so today we thank you for the freedom that you've given us now in Jesus name I want to read a verse In the book of Matthew, chapter 28, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. God bless you all. We'll look forward to seeing you next week and make sure you take a minute and just hang out and get to know some people. Amen.